promised myself that I would be in bed by an, by a decent hour tonight, and at about 9.30 p.m. I went to go to bed. I laid down, and I started just talking to the Lord and ending my day in prayer, and I heard a tug, go to your prayer room. <laughs> and so here I am. He led me to the book of Nehemiah. And one of the first chapters in Nehemiah, I hold very near and dear to my heart. I've shared in during this podcast and in each one of my podcasts that the Lord is stirring this this thing in his church. I call it the Great Awakening. I've heard several other people call it the Great Awakening. And something that we've prayed for for a very long time, it seems to have arrived. The glory of God is falling in Asia. The glory of God is falling in Africa. The glory of God is falling in Mexico. And now America, he calls it, he calls this to be our hour, the hour where we untie the hands of the Lord and we let him show up and we let him be our not just our savior but our lord you know i find that it's easy for us to see jesus as our savior because when i was 12 years old in a small little pentecostal church i asked jesus be my savior but because i had no real biblical teaching you know in my in our in my home growing up and really in my personal life I didn't know what the Lord and the Lord part of my Lord and Savior prayer meant. What did, what did that even mean? You know, being our Savior, He died on the cross. I mean, at the mercy seat, He drank that cup willingly, willingly for our sin, that He would bear all the sins of man for us and we I know that I think every day I don't deserve that Lord I don't deserve that but thank you God thank you don't let us forget the weight of the cross and so the Lord part I really I didn't really quite understand being the Lord and Savior It means save me from the damnation of hell and be my Lord, be my master. But I want to serve you. I want to yield towards your spirit. That is the part about the Lord and Savior. And so this great awakening that I keep seeing and I keep talking about is something that I haven't really seen in American churches. And as the Lord has been opening my eyes over the last probably 12 to 18 months about this great awakening and what that really looks like. He's, and not just the great awakening, but opening my eyes at the emptiness that the American church brings. Now, before you totally disconnect on this podcast, hear me out. The emptiness that the Lord has been sharing in showing me in really mega churches and not even just mega churches but churches that the spirit of God is not free to move 
something God has been teaching me over this last 12 to 18 months is to learn to let the spirit lead. And one day while I was in the shower, because that's one of the places the Lord speaks the most to me, I was on my knees in the shower and I just wept before him because I realized that I never really understood the Trinity. I never really tried to understand the Trinity. I never really tried to understand or really get to know the fullness of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And while I was in the shower, I was talking to the Holy Spirit and I just said, show me you. And he said, you know what breaks my heart is when Jesus ascended into heaven, he said, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. I'm sending you a helper who will do even greater. And he told me, the Holy Spirit whispered in my heart and he said, nobody even asks about my power. So imagine this. We have the power of God in our fingertips. If only we would just lay down our lives as a sacrificial offering to him and and allow him to use us. Does he trust us enough to use us? And the Holy Spirit said while I was in my shower, You know what makes me happy is when you start your day asking me, Holy Spirit, what are your plans for me today? Because I'm very guilty about being task-oriented and living by a to-do list. And I seem to fit God in the afterthought of my day, not the beginning, not every step. His word says the steps of the righteous are ordered. And you know who orders those steps? The Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What if we would wake up and ask the Holy Spirit, what would you have for me to do today? Oh, our day would look so different, wouldn't it? And so as I went to lay down, the Lord calls me up to my prayer room. I have a spare bedroom and I stuck a beanbag in the chair with a tiny shelf with just my favorite books and several versions of the Bible that I can study from. And he called me into the space and he said, Nehemiah. (laughs) And so I go to the book of Nehemiah. See, Nehemiah prayed for about four months, confessing the sins of Israel, asking God to remember his covenant with his people and asking God to grant him favor with the king. That's powerful that he really was an intercessor for Israel. And so the last 12 to 18 months, God has started to make me an intercessor for my country. See, I'm angry. I'm, I'm angry at the enemy because the lie of the enemy that was sold to churches that have bought the lie these seeker-friendly churches that we have to accommodate man. The Lord told me recently, you, the American church tries to accommodate man and make it comfortable and that you don't want to offend anybody because 
we are more concerned about attendance and our overhead than we are about the full the full truth of the of the word of god from beginning to end the full truth calling sin sin calling our lives you know where we're separated from him just calling it out to the carpet and so i really I actually started to get a little upset with these seeker churches. I had to repent. And then the Lord kept showing me that my fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities of darkness. That I have to be careful not to just judge, you know, these seeker-friendly churches. Yes, we are to judge the actions before we will follow, it has to line up with the Word of God. But you know what? God loves every one of those people that sits in those seeker-friendly churches. And every one of those pastors will give an account for the Word that they shepherded in. That's heavy. That's heavy. That every single pastor will give an account not just the seeker-friendly churches, but the churches that bind the hands of the Holy Spirit. The churches that say the prophetic is for the past. The churches that say that miracles are no more. We have to start walking out of those churches. And so I challenge you today that if you attend one of those churches, that God is giving you a great awakening in your heart, then I ask you to be on your knees interceding for the leadership in your church and to go to them and love and address the things that the Lord's putting on your heart. And if they will not budge, then ask the Lord, where does he want you to be shepherded? I'm going to be honest for me, that meant leaving a church and going somewhere else because I knew the Lord was calling me somewhere else. You know, I grew up in a Pentecostal not home, but when I did go to church, I was, I was familiar and saved in a Pentecostal church. And so I knew that's what the Lord was calling me back to. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that every single Sunday I go in a move of God, you can feel people just pressing in for God just pressing in for his glory to be manifested in that small house for the for the glory of god to fall on his people today i was at the altar just crying out lord ride in on our praise into the house this is your house because it is his house it is the house of god not the house of man and so i pray that the, the day of seeker-friendly churches, the day where we try to spoon-feed the Word of God to man is no more. The day where we no longer try to hush the prophetic and we no longer try to put God in a box 
and teach people to be good Christians and teach people the practical keys to the Christian living and how to have your best life now. And God only wants you to be victorious. Yes, God wants to be, us to be victorious, but there's a story about three men, and I'm sure you know it, that walked into the fire and said, I'll walk into the fire even if God doesn't deliver me. We, he is still good. They had an even if prayer, an even if prayer. And that's the kind of faith that I want. I want that God, you say, whoever loves his life will, will lose it. But whoever loses his life will gain it because we've given it all to him. So I challenge you to pour yourself out at the cross, at the altar, and just cry out for your nation, cry out for your church, cry out that a real move of God will, will start hitting not just Africa, not just Asia, but America. Rise up, America, rise up. The hour is now. God is calling. Will we answer the call? Or will we just go through the motions every day listening to this watered-down gospel about how God wants nothing more than us to be comfortable? Because I can, can I tell you that the cup that Jesus drank was not comfortable. He deserves more than us wanting to drive a comfortable SUV, live in a big house, and care about the clothes that we wear. He deserves more than that. He deserves to have hands lifted high while we're kneeling on the ground, praising him, saying, God, would you trust me? Use me. Let me lead somebody to the cross. Let me be the one that feeds the poor. Let me be the one that takes care of the widow. That's what he deserves. He deserves a life laid down, a laid down lover. And America, that's what he's requiring. So Nehemiah, for four months, cried out, I beseech you, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and mercy for those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant which I now pray before you day and night for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not obeyed the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments, which you commanded your servant Moses. Please remember the word that you commanded your servant, your servant Moses, saying, If you behave unfaithfully, then I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though your outcasts are under the farthest parts of the heaven, I will gather them up from there and bring them back to the place where I have chosen to establish my name, says the Lord. Now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand, O Lord. I implore you, 
let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to revere your name. And let your servant prosper this day and grant him mercy in the sight of man, of this man. That was Nehemiah. Nehemiah pled out, pled to God saying, my father sinned against you. I've sinned against you. We've all sinned against you. And we wash our hands of these filthy offerings that we've tried to give you and how we have turned our backs on our Lord and Savior, our God. We have turned our back on the mighty God who not only brought us into this nation, he was saying, but that delivered us time and time again. The very one who gave us life that they've sinned against him. And so I hear that call coming. It is if I hear the Lord saying, get on your knees and plead for your nation, plead for your children's children, for your children's children's children, that he would have his hand on our country, that the plague that tries to hit us, and we call it a plague, but this this virus i won't even de- i won't even give it the name of a plague it's a virus and you know what the vaccine is jesus that's the vaccine and so i implore you to get on your knees ask him lord clean my house clean my house we are all the church the church resides in us clean our house that we would be a laid down lover to our Jesus because he is so worthy and we get to be a part of this great awakening it is truly a great awakening and all he says to me is Amanda for those who have ears to hear and eyes to see all you have to do is reach in and touch the hem of my garment and you know the woman that touched the hem of his garment he was walking through a crowd and I just I keep thinking Lord there were probably so many people touching you because they knew who you were and they just wanted they wanted healing but one person one person he stopped and he said who touched me now there were many people who touched him but he felt one woman's faith because she was so desperate for a healing that her faith, actually, he felt her faith through the hem of his garment. I wanna be that woman. I wanna be that woman for my house, for my nation, and for my church. I should call it his church because it's his. And so I ask us to stand in the gap If you are a part of this great awakening that's happening, stand in the gap. Ask him, where where would you have me use this that you're giving me, Lord? Because he wants to. And so I want to close this in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, your name is above all names. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. 
God, you were not, Jesus was not elected a king or appointed a king. My king was born a king. And so I just give you all the glory and the praise for the great awakening. And I ask Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teach us your way. Let us eat your word. Illuminate these words from the pages for us so that we can go forth as you rise up a new army. We give you glory and praise and we stand at attention to our captain, our Lord and our Savior. Order our steps, Lord. Order our steps. And Holy Spirit, oh, Holy Spirit, let us wake up tomorrow and ask, Holy Spirit, what would you have me do today? In your precious holy name I pray, amen. Until next time.